Look in Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, this is Luke writing, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard, heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they had met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Praise God. We were singing about that earlier. He's coming back. But before he left so that he could come back, he told his apostles and through them, all of us who are his disciples, all of us who follow him, all of us who know him, he told us that we were going to be, that we're going to be witnesses of his. And for those apostles, he gave some specific geographic outline. Do you see what he said? You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem kind of the home office, home base. And in Judea, which was the, the, the tribe area, the tribal area, the, the geographic area right around Jerusalem. And then he also added Samaria, which was the land just north of Judah. It wasn't one of the original tribes, but it was, it was the place that was inhabited by the people that the Jewish people hated the most in the world. In, in, in most cases, despised them. And so that was, it was probably kind of shocking to the apostles as he threw Samaria in there. And then he went even further, literally, and said, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Everywhere. Where there are all kinds of people. You know what that tells us? A number of things. But this morning I want us to focus on this one thing that it tells us. God loves Samar Samarians, Samaritans. 
That doesn't mean that much to us. We don't know any. We read about him in the Bible, that's it. But you know what that should say to us who don't know any literal Samaritans? It should say to us that God loves the kind of people that we hate the most. Now, some of you are saying, well, that doesn't apply to me because I don't hate anybody. And I hope that's true. But remember Jesus' definition of hate in the Sermon on the Mount. And how he brought in even the, the bad thoughts that we can have toward people are murderous thoughts and make us guilty of sin. All of us probably have some kind of dislike for some subset of people. And in, mo- in many cases, you might some of you are saying in your, in your mind right now, and for good reason. And you know what I want to tell you? God has good reason to hate every single one of us. Every single one of us. And you know what he does? He loves us. The Apostle Paul put it like this in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, where he said, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When he says while we were still sinners, you know what that means? While we were still people who were living in rebellion against God, showing by almost everything that we did with our lives, with our thoughts, with our tongues, with our actions, that almost everything that we did was contrary to what God made us to do, created us to do. And before we made one move toward him, before we ever decided we wanted to try to clean up our act, before we ever decided we wanted to to try to be better, before we ever decided we wanted to do something useful with our lives, while we were still in utter rebellion against him, he sent his son the Lord Jesus, to die for us. That is a great demonstration of love. And that's what God did, and that's what his people have been doing ever since Acts 1-9. Ever since. These guys that are represented on my, on my teacher, these five guys who died reaching the, 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 this very violent tribe of Indians down in Ecuador, They believed that God loved those people and that God's loving them made it to where they also loved them and that they were going to demonstrate that love by going there. They didn't know they were going to die for doing it. As as a matter of fact, if you you read the story, and and again, I'll mention uh, one of the books that you can, can read the story in Through Gates of Splendor or Through the Jungle Pilot, either of those two books, You can read the story. They were pretty sure things were going to go well because they had established some contact with this this tribe that had never been contacted before and people lived to tell about it. They had some contact. They had been been giving and receiving gifts through this tremendous technique, this amazing technique that the pilot had had developed where he could, with a fixed-wing aircraft, in other words, not a helicopter, 
he was able to drop a bucket, a basket down to the, to the people down in the jungle and give them gifts and receive gifts back up into the, in, the, in the basket. It's an amazing story. And because they were exchanging gifts, they thought, okay, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna receive us when we get there. This is going to be so great. This is going to be so cool. Well, it didn't, it didn't work that way. And they were killed. Now, it didn't stop the families of those men who were killed from continuing to try to reach him, and they did reach him. And as, as I've mentioned before, there's, a, there's a, a thriving church among that tribe in Ecuador today. And I don't know if any of them are still alive, but, but for a time, some of the leaders of the church in the, of that tribe in Ecuador were some of the very men who, who killed those guys. They understood the forgiveness and love of God in, in a great way. But it shows us that because of God's love for all kinds of people, that we also should love all kinds of people. And in a nation that's torn by racial strife right now and socioeconomic strife right now, and it always has been to some degree, but it's, it's heightened right now, we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as believers in the Bible and the God of the Bible, we believe that because God loves all kinds of people, that we also should love all kinds of people. And so we need to make a difference in the spheres of influence that we live in, that we travel in, that we play in, that we study in. We should make a difference through the relationships that we have in, within those spheres of influence so that we can let other people know also, regardless of the political issues that are going on, this isn't a political thing at all. Regardless of what's going on politically and what some movements are involved in, all those kinds, we can represent Almighty God as his disciples, much like the apostles did, and we can demonstrate love and concern and sympathy and empathy and compassion and kindness to all different kinds of people. And when we see anyone being mistreated, regardless of their color or their socioeconomic background or their, you know, where they came from or whether they came legally or not, we can still express all the things that God has expressed to us. We can express those same things, including love and grace and mercy. On, on everybody that we encounter. That's our challenge. That's our opportunity. That's the way that we're supposed to shine in the midst of a nation that's very divided right now in, in a variety of ways. We shine by caring for everybody, by being respectful of everybody, by interjecting when we're having conversations or we're in a group of people that start going off on one group or this group or that group or that color or that you know type of job or whatever that we can interject and say wait a minute wait a minute god loves me and you should have seen what i've done to him he didn't it didn't matter to him that I, first of all it didn't matter to him that i was a gentile and a lot of sort of things what, what's that got to do with anything well, you know, there was a time when the only that when when God's chosen people that he that he had put together as a group, as a as a nation, as a family, that he had put them together to bring the Lord Jesus into this world, the Jewish people. There was a time when almost all of them misunderstood 
his restrictions and his commands concerning the Gentiles to where they didn't think that God cared about the Gentiles. It wasn't ever true. He always cared about the Gentiles. And we see that in Simeon's statement that that, um, Dan read for us this morning from Luke chapter 2. When he held the baby Jesus in his hands and saw the salvation of the Lord, do you remember what he said? A light of revelation for the Gentiles. All of us should say, yes! Jesus, although a Jew, the God-man himself, a Jew, he came into this world and died after living his perfect life on the cross for the sins of not only Jews, but also for Gentiles. And remember, there was a tremendous division. There always has been. There still is a tremendous division between Jews and Gentiles, and Gentiles being all non-Jews. That's a big group. It includes a lot of people, a lot of colors. But there's one thing that unites people around the world, and that's hatred for Jews. Not from us. Because we believe that God made and loves Jewish people just as much as he made and loves Gentile people. See, there's no barrier. Turn with me before we close to Colossians chapter 3 very briefly. Colossians chapter 3. It's a great statement here. Paul wrote this to the um, church in Colossae, which is in present-day Turkey. Chapter 3, verse 1. This great statement on the work that Christ is doing in all of us who believe. Starts out with this amazing statement. Since then you, speaking to all believers, since then you have been raised with Christ... Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Listen to this. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. They struggle with the same stuff. It's inherent in all of us. It's part of our sin nature. We always try to divide and we always try to judge by group and all those kind of things. And here the Apostle Paul is reminding us, like Jesus was reminding his apostles themselves, it doesn't matter. 
He even loves the Scythians. The Scythians? Are you kidding me? Do you know anything about them? Do a little research. There were some rough folks. It's amazing that Paul picked them out. Maybe there was a little Scythian community near Colossae at the time. I don't know. The, the Scythians, they think, are where, the, where the, the first sightings of the Amazon woman you know, came from. These women warriors who, who figured out ways because the men wouldn't tattoo them. They had to figure out their own tattoos, their own way of tattooing. And, there, and there's some amazing, look them up if you never have. There's some amazing pictures of some mummies of Scythian women and the ta- their amazing tattoos. Even Scythians, barbarians, it didn't matter. God loves Scythians. He loves Samaritans. He loves Gentiles. He loves Jews. He loves even the people that annoy you the most. Some of you who have to be on the phone for customer service. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. And on and on it goes. Jesus died for them. And we need to bring that up. We need to bring that up in this crazy circumstance that we're living in right now. In these these conversations that we're having, we need to bring that up. When hatred is being spouted, when judgment is being spouted, we say, wait a minute. That was me. That was me. God loves me. God loves them. It's not doing us any good to spout hatred about them or to say bad things about them. What do you say we pray? And the next opportunity we get to start a relationship with one of them, whoever one of them is, let's do it. And maybe God would be pleased to use us to help them understand and know the love of Christ. And if the revival that is happening in his church during this pandemic is real, then an awakening should come out of it where many people who never knew him, because the revival is, is among those of us who know him. In some cases, used to be close to him, and now we're getting close to him again. There's, we're being revived. It will have an impact on the people who never knew him. And if you love the United States of America, then your main prayer should be for that awakening to happen. And I'm not talking about the, the great awakening that's happening, that, that they're talking about in, uh, what's, the, what's the guy's name, the, or the prophecies and all that? Somebody help me. Q, thank you. Forgot about that. Forgot. It's, I'm not talking about that great awakening. I'm talking about a real spiritual great awakening where people get saved from their sins and forgiven and their minds start being renewed by the word of God and then they start thinking the right ways and we continue and start thinking the right ways and together we can communicate and work through our problems and and be a great nation. That's our hope. It's not joining in groups of people who who talk bad about other groups of people and all that kind of stuff, accomplishing nothing. It's praying. 
and making a difference in our own relationships. If every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ in the United States was concerned, really concerned about our country, then we'd be making relationships with people who don't know Christ so they can be forgiven of their sins and understand the love of Christ and begin to have their minds renewed by the word of God and start thinking properly and correctly the way that God does, and then we can, we can really do something. But it's everybody. It's all kinds of people. And that's how God looks at it. And because of that, that's how we should look at it. And so together, let's continue to encourage each other. Not just on, you know, this weekend. But let's encourage each other to respect all different kinds of people because they're people that God made and that God loves. And let's not forget that group of people that's most despised and most mistreated, the unborn. Let's remember to speak up for them too and to love them and show them respect and love and honor those who honor them and carry them and, 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 and give them life and care for them if they need help and encourage those who are carrying those babies to take that baby all the way to birth. Even if they can't care for them, there's somebody that will. Let's remind them of that. Let's encourage those that are working hard in those areas to remind them of that as well. Because God loves his creation. All of us. And he sent his son, the Lord Jesus, for all of us. And so let's act like his children. Let's bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that you sent your disciples out even to Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. That's where we are today. That's where they found us. We thank you for that. We thank you that we get to keep going and keep doing these things and keep loving people, keep introducing them to their maker and their savior and sustainer the one who gives them strength, can give them strength. Father, help us. Help us not to get caught up in judgment, in discrimination. But help us in the circle of influence that you've given us, help us to represent you as one who loves all kinds of people even the ones that hate us. It never stopped you. Help it never to stop us. Use us to shine brightly in this divided country and this divided world. Help us to gain wisdom this year as we continue to search your word and have our minds renewed by it, by the power of your Holy Spirit and through the fellowship of your church. Father, there are some that are part of our service this morning that may have not received Jesus yet, have not become a believer yet. We pray that you would help them see, as the apostles did, as so many have since the apostles, that Jesus Christ is, as he said, the only way 
to you, Heavenly Father. The only way to forgiveness of sins, the only way to eternal life. Give them the courage and the faith and the urgency to put their trust in Jesus, to believe that he is your son, to believe that he did live a perfect life, to believe that he did die on the cross for their sins and that he rose again victorious, to believe the story that we read this morning, that he also ascended to your right hand and that he will return. Give them that faith. Give them that that courage to believe. And then, Father, use them as you use us, your body, your children, to shine brightly for you in the midst of division, in the midst of strife and hatred. Shine through us. Strengthen us that we might shine no matter what. In Jesus' name, amen.